You're listening to TIP. Most times it's a mix of both. It's vacation and it's investment. And then I would say probably 25% of the time, someone in their family has an attachment to that particular place. On today's show, I talk with Christian Ross about the licensing process for someone who helps clients buy and sell real estate domestically and internationally, what the fly and buy program is and how it works, how financing works with international properties, and a bunch of other stuff related to international real estate. Christian Ross is one of Atlanta's most respected and top-selling brokers whose success has flourished into an international client base expanding through Europe, South America, Israel, Canada, the Middle East, and Australia. She was formerly the senior vice president and managing broker for a tech-based real estate brokerage, and today she is the managing broker for Engel & Volkers Atlanta. This episode is a bit shorter than our normal episodes. I'm going to be trying a bunch of different episode types here on The Real Estate Show over the next few weeks. I'm going to be slowly transitioning out of the main host position of Millennial Investing, and I'll have a co-host. And so I'm going to get a little bit creative here on The Real Estate Show. We might have some short episodes. We might have some longer episodes. We might have a mix match. We might have different types of content. I might just hop on the mic and speak in new lessons or new topics that I'm thinking of. And I might just hop on the mic and talk about some random things in real estate that I'm thinking of or business. So this episode is a little bit shorter than normal, but I did have a good time sitting down with Christian to talk through some of the differences and similarities of buying international real estate. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My username is the Robert Leonard. I share different types of content frequently, provide updates about the shows, and a bunch of other cool stuff. So be sure to follow me. My username is the Robert Leonard. All right, now let's dive into this week's episode with Christian Ross. You're listening to Real Estate Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your host, Robert Leonard, interviews successful investors from various real estate investing niches to help educate you on your real estate investing journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Estate 101 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Leonard. And with me today, I have Christian Ross. Christian, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Give us a quick rundown on your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I've been in real estate for 16 years. I'm also a real estate investor. So I've been able to achieve financial independence, but I've also lost a lot of money. So I've learned a lot of lessons. And I'm also a real estate broker. So I'm managing broker at Engel Brokers Atlanta. Also specialize in international real estate and am running a trip to the Dominican Republic in a few weeks and just love all things real estate. Yeah. That international component is what I found most interesting uh, that you're doing and you're doing it with your clients. And I want to chat a bit about that. I know you can't buy or sell real estate even in different states in the US unless you're also licensed in those states. So what is the licensing process for someone like you who helps clients buy and sell real estate domestically and internationally? Is there a specific license for each country? Is there something that's more uniform? 
So it really varies by country. A lot of times I work with a partner agent in that country. And I also have a business license in two countries. So like the Dominican Republic just requires a business license. So not an actual real estate license. They actually do not have a MLS system. So you just can't go on and Google Dominican MLS and find homes in one uniform place. As I was doing research before our call, I saw that you have a program called the Fly and Buy program, and that really interested me. My guess is you're probably not the only one doing this, but it's the first time that I had personally come across it, so I found it interesting. Explain to us what this program is and how it works. Yeah. So basically you get your airline ticket. We take care of everything. It is a concierge approach to looking at real estate. So you fly down, we come, we have a set schedule for you. You'll look at development properties. You'll look at resale, depending on the country that we're at. And then if you decide to buy, especially if it's a developer property, you will get reimbursed usually up to $2,000. And that's still dependent on the state that you're from because there are just regulations regarding that. But really, we just want you to have an opportunity to look at real estate understand the financial investment, understand the legal component to it, what the ROI is, and just in a non-pressure environment where you can just come look and still have a little fun. Like we're going to have a catamaran type of tour. Like it's going to be great for you to understand the culture as well as the real estate. Through this program, where are you seeing most people buy? Is it pretty spread out or is there a common country or area where most people are buying? People love Mexico. (laughs) They love Mexico. And I personally, I love Mexico. I just got back from Mexico City, which was my first time. And I'm in love and on Delta every day looking at flights back. But I know for me, vacation wise, I don't want a city home. I want to see ocean. I want to be able to walk to a beach. So a lot of people love Mexico. I think for Canadians, they love the Dominican Republic. They like Mexico too. And then Costa Rica is a big one. Costa Rica is just blowing up and they have exceptional healthcare. John Hopkins actually has a kind of like a sister hospital in Costa Rica. So when people are looking at medical tourism, a lot of places that they're looking at for medical tourism also kind of coincide where they're looking at for real estate too. What is the most common reason for people buying internationally? Are most people buying it as a vacation home or are they doing it as an investment? So most times it's a mix of both. It's vacation and it's investment. And then I would say probably 25% of the time, someone in their family has an attachment to that particular place. So maybe they went to summers there or their grandmother was from that place. And they're just trying to have that connection with that place. But a lot of times it is vacation slash investment with the focus on investment. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Investing is an activity I'm sure you enjoy deep diving into. But the problem is finding other people who care about investing as much as you do. I can count on two fingers how many personal friends I have who care about investing even a fraction as much as I do. This is why I'm so excited to share some info about the Investors Podcast Mastermind Community. The community is for people who not only want to improve their abilities at value investing, but also want to share interesting investing ideas, thoughts, and strategies about investing and business with other investors who are eager to learn. Membership comes with a ton of benefits, a community forum where you can chat with other members about topics like your latest stock idea, quality investing, key insights from your favorite book, your favorite deep value play, and a ton of other topics. You get access to TIP Finance, an investing tool which helps you easily pick individual stocks. You get access to templates for writing one-page stock pitches, checklists, and many other resources to come. And probably my favorite feature is the ability to take part in Q&As with some of our very special guests such as Gautam Bade, Chris Mayer, Ian Castle, and many others. We fostered a community that helps create networking opportunities as well. 
Many members hop on video calls and regularly share ideas and strategies from a wide range of perspectives. We add new members quarterly and spots fill up quickly. So get on the waitlist today by going to theinvestorspodcast.com slash mastermind. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. If you're listening to this, you're probably a millennial like myself. Or maybe you're not a millennial, but enjoy the investing content regardless of age. Either way, if you enjoy the interviews and discussions on the Millennial Investing Podcast, you're going to love the episodes of We Study Billionaires just as much. Whether you want to hear interviews with the titans of investing industry like Howard Marks, Ray Dalio, and Jeremy Grantham, better understand investing legends from the past like Charlie Munger or Thomas Phelps, improve your understanding of current market environments, top up your skills on finding and holding multi-bigger stocks, or just want to learn about high-quality stocks, then We Study Billionaires is exactly what you need. Subscribe now on your platform of choice at theinvestors.com slash we-study-billionaires. All right, back to the show. How does the financing of international properties work? So a lot of times it's cash. However, there are a lot of loan programs out there where if you're putting 25 to 30% down, you can easily get a loan. The biggest thing I always tell people just to be aware of is what is your exit strategy? Are you really trying to buy, hold, and enjoy? Are you looking at it as a flip? International real estate is not where you want to flip. (laughs) It's just not where you want to flip. You want to hold it, you want to enjoy it, and you want to get the cash flow. Are the loans with US-based banks or are they international banks wherever you're buying the property? It's a mix. So there are private money lenders and those private money lenders are based here in the US. And then there's Scotiabank. Scotiabank does a lot and they handle Mexico a lot in the Caribbean. Not sure if they go as far as Costa Rica, but they definitely handle a lot in the Caribbean. And you're mostly going to go through a private money lender or you're going to do a home equity on a property that you own. And then sometimes there's owner financing. If you make a big enough down payment, there's a lot of owner financing. So where that's not as common in the US, it's definitely common abroad. It's a lot more common there than it is here. Yeah, it's definitely more common where you can put down maybe 30% just like you would a bank and just make your payments. It'll be a 30-year term. <laughs> it won't be a 30-year term. Right. What do the terms usually look like? Is there a standard for owner financing? Not really a standard, but I would say kind of like two to five years, which allows you the opportunity to get the financing to pay the rest off. And by then, you already have a sizable chunk that you paid down in two to five years as well. What are you seeing for prices? You mentioned people a lot of times pay cash. So I'm wondering if these people just have a lot of cash that they can put in these properties, or maybe they're cheaper there than they are here in the US. And I mean, I'm sure it varies, right? Depending on which country you're in. But just generally speaking, are they cheaper internationally than they are here in the US? 
Yeah, I would say they're cheaper to a degree. <laughs> they're cheaper in the sense that if we're looking at, let's just take Tulum, for instance. Tulum is growing like crazy outside of Cancun. Last year, you could have bought a property for like $40,000 and it would be new construction. And it may be, you're starting to see more micro units where they're smaller, but that's the point. They're meant to just run out, stay for a few days, maybe two weeks. I mean, now those properties are probably 70000 but still, that's not a crazy amount of money. And developers are also financing. So you may be able to go through developer financing if it's something brand new. So there's a lot of options, but I would say your medium price point might be around 300 something thousand. Of course, once you start talking about villas and larger places and oceanfront, it can run the gamut. But like if you're in the northern part of Dominican Republic, which really isn't as popular, they're just getting their cruise port. That one, you get an oceanfront condo, two bedroom, two bath, beautiful high ceilings for $285,000. You could never get that oceanfront in Jamaica or Turks and Caicos. Those are going to be million dollar properties in those countries. It might be different for every country, but Generally speaking, how do taxes and insurance work for international properties? How is it similar to the US and how is it different? So a lot of times, I would say it's similar in the fact that you have taxes and insurance. <laughs> but other than that, it's not similar. The tax bases, especially if you're a foreigner, a lot of times it's actually a little bit less. And if you're going with the development, a lot of times those developers have negotiated like 10 to 15 year tax abatements where you won't have any taxes at all. So a lot of times it really works to go new construction when you're looking at foreign property because of the fact that you'll get a tax break. And insurance wise, it really depends on where you're at because we all know we're seeing the effects with what's going on with the hurricane. So it really depends on how many storms have hit that place. What does the weather look like? But the insurance, you're probably looking at almost double than what you're, you are here. So a lot of times for resale homes here, it's around $1,000 a year, depending on your contents, you'll probably be looking at 2000 abroad. What are some of the biggest challenges or drawbacks you've seen when dealing with international real estate? I think some of the biggest drawbacks are just, well, first, I think one of the biggest things is making sure that you have your expectations set. What do you want to do with this property? Are you looking for a cash cow? <laughs> Are you looking for something that's luxurious that you can also rent out and have your friends come down? Like, what is your purpose for that property? And I think one of the drawbacks is definitely the financing is you will have a higher interest rate. So as people see twos and threes, when they're getting their primary home, that's not the case with international. You're going to see a five and a six, and that's just because of the risk. But those were actually the interest rates in the US in like 2005. So it's not that bad. But I, I think those are the biggest drawbacks. And then just understanding that a lot of the contracts that you sign will be in the language of the country. So make sure you have a translator, make sure you have a solid attorney where you're looking who can properly walk you through everything so that you understand and you're not getting any surprises. And one of the wonderful things is the fact that the tile insurance companies that are here in the US, a lot of them are in Mexico and abroad. So Stewart Titles, Chicago, like you can actually get title insurance from companies that are here that would give title insurance for your own home. One of the oldest adages in real estate is location, location, location. And I know firsthand from helping people learn how to buy rental properties long distance, even within the US, that becoming comfortable with the property's location is often a challenge for people. How can a buyer become comfortable with the specific location of their international property? How do they know it's a good and safe area? Is it simply from the fly and buy program? You know, what if they don't go on that type of retreat? 
Yeah, I would say really fly down and then talk to just talk to people there. Talk to expats there. There's always an expat community wherever you go. And they will be very upfront to say, oh no, (laughs) not there. Or have you looked here instead? I like this area better. And the reality is too, you're not always looking for expats, but you want someone who also understands your American experience that you have. So someone who is an expat, they're from the US, they've been living there, can definitely make you feel a lot more comfortable. But I would always say still fly there, take a look and make sure whatever deposit you put down that you know the timeline to get it back. When it comes to being a broker and an agent, what do you spend your time on? Do you do more international stuff? Are you more US-based? Is the international really just a small piece of what you're doing? Break that down for us. So international abroad with my clients is a smaller piece. It's definitely for me domestic. However, my business here, I have a lot of international clients. So I've helped sell real estate to clients from over 25 countries. And that actually helped to, I would say, really help me look at international real estate as an option. Because I would always ask questions about their countries, where they're coming from. We have a different, I would say, perspective of real estate. You know, when you look at Poland or somewhere in Eastern European, that is the family home. Like it's not getting sold in two years. You're not flipping it. So we just have a different perspective of real estate. And my business is definitely more focused here. And, but I do know probably in the next two years, I'll be back and forth probably six months out of, out of the year between countries. So I'm excited about that. And so you help people buy from the US to other countries a lot. But what you just said is you also have a lot of people from outside the US and you help them buy in the US? Yes. Are those mostly investors? Mostly investors. I would say Australia, Canada, Israel, the Caribbean, I think I said Italy, like all over. And they are looking to buy for investment. And then I also have clients who work for the State Department who they have an assignment. It's probably going to be five years. But they also know that homes are going to steadily appreciate in the US. So they want to buy something at home, even though they're abroad. So it's a really big mix. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Hey, everyone. It's Patrick, your host of Millennial Investing. Every year, my buddies and I do a guy's trip to escape the cold and dreary Ohio winters. Once we pick our destination, without fail, we all jump on Airbnb and find an incredible place to stay. We just got back from an amazing trip in Palm Springs, California, and our Airbnb home was a huge part of creating memories we'll never forget. I loved it so much, I'm taking my family back to Palm Springs for spring break, and we're staying in an Airbnb home my kids fell in love with and picked out themselves. While I was there, I had the realization that my own home could be an Airbnb. It's an excellent way to earn some extra cash, whether you're saving up for your next vacation, paying off some bills, or investing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. That's airbnb.com slash host. Today's show is sponsored by public.com. That's where you can earn 5.1% APY with a high yield cash account. While we can't say for certain it's the highest interest rate out there, we can say this. It's a higher rate than Robinhood, a higher rate than SoFi, a higher rate than Marcus, a higher rate than Wealthfront, a higher rate than Betterment, frankly, a higher rate than Capital One, a higher rate than Ally, a higher rate than Barclays, a way higher rate than Bank of America and Chase, a higher rate than City, Wells Fargo, Discover, and it's a higher rate than American Express too. So if you want to start earning 5.1% APY on your cash, check out public.com. We can't say it's the highest interest rate, but it's pretty damn up there. 
This is a paid endorsement for public investing, 5.1% in APY as of March 26, 2024, and is subject to change. A high-yield cash account is a secondary brokerage account with public investing member of FINRA-SIPC. Funds from this account are automatically deposited into a partner bank where they can earn a variable interest and are eligible for FDIC insurance. Neither public investing nor any of its affiliates is a bank. U.S. only. Learn more at public.com slash disclosures slash high dash yield dash account. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything seems to be more expensive these days. I've noticed this at my own businesses that I've run. You'd be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mi. netsuite.com slash mi. That's netsuite.com slash mi. All right, back to the show. In the show, we have a segment called the action plan. And part of the action plan is to answer three questions relatively quickly that give listeners something to implement in their life when they're done listening to this episode. So the first thing is, what is a habit or principle that you follow in your life that not enough people do, but someone listening to the show should? I would hope everyone does, but I read every single morning. I read every single morning. Like It's a habit. And I feel like when you ingest something good, it helps to lead your day. How much are you reading every day? I read a book for probably about 15 minutes in the morning. And then I listen, depending on where I'm going, for about an hour. What has been the most influential book in your life? And it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite, because I think those two things could be different. But what has been the most impactful on you? The most impactful has definitely been Deep Work. By Cal Newport? Yes. I'm a rare type of person. So (laughs) I kind of, you know, I'm all over the place. And deep work just helped me realize you need to be still and think about your processes. And it's just, I'm rereading it again because I know I didn't catch all the jewels the first time. I'm actually reading a book very similar. I actually haven't read this one yet. I might have listened to the audio book. I've definitely listened to at least one of Cal's other books. Might have been this one or a different one, but Anyway, I'm listening or rereading a book called Indistractable by Nir Eyal. Kind of similar idea to doing deep work, but it basically helps you deal with your distractions and how to fix them, basically. So that's another good one that you might want to check out. If you really like deep work from Cal, you'll really like this one as well. Adding that to the list, seriously, because I'm distraction attraction. (laughs) It's a good one for sure. And so when the listener is done with this episode... What is one action they should take after listening that can help them improve their life, career, or business? 
You know, I really think the biggest thing, and this book actually helped me just clarify that, is just stillness. Like, just sit still for 20 minutes and just see what comes to your mind. Because when you gain clarity, I think we've all gained a tremendous amount of clarity with COVID of what's important. What do we want to do? And we've taken more of a path towards life design. But I think we need to be entirely more intentional about that life design. Stop complaining and just sit down for 20 minutes and just let every Thing just dump out that comes into your brain. Just keep writing it. And then think about what that next action is. What was that glaring thing that you saw? And what are you going to take that? What's going to be that action point to get you to wherever your thoughts of life design are taking you? Is it a new job? Is it reading a new book and something else you want to learn? What is going to be that next step? And do it. Put it on your calendar. If it's not on your calendar, it doesn't exist. I say that all the time. If something is not on my calendar, I will not do it. And so if somebody ever asked me for a meeting, phone call, whatever, I said, sure, but send me a calendar invite. If you don't, I won't be there. And it's just the way I work. And if anybody's ever seen the movie Big Fat Liar, where the guy turns blue from jumping in the pool, he has a little like device. He lives by that. And when he loses it, he literally is lost. And that's basically me, is if I don't have my phone or my calendar, I'm completely lost. I like to wrap up the show by turning the tables and I let the guest ask me a question. So Christian, what question do you have for me? So my question is, we've, of course, been in this COVID environment for now. I don't even know how long it is. Are we 18 months? I don't know. What's the biggest lesson that you've taken away and the biggest thing that you want to embark on or just focus more on? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is probably the importance of having multiple streams of income. And I have to admit, and I don't mean this from a place of I can't even think of the right word. But basically, I understand that some people have had a very hard time during COVID. And I have a lot of empathy for those people. But for me, my life hasn't changed a ton, uh, to be completely honest. And so I've been okay uh, throughout the pandemic, both health and financially. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that have struggled. And so I think that it's been really clear to me is that you need multiple streams of income to overcome these types of things. And I think one of the reasons why I have been in a decent spot is because I do have multiple streams of income. And so I think that's probably been the most clear thing is whether you've been impacted by it or not. I think just realizing that things like this can happen. Maybe it's not a pandemic. Maybe it's something else that happens. Maybe that's a business cycle that ends and we just enter into a recession. Whatever the case is, having different streams of income can be helpful to get through these types of situations. So I'd say that that's probably the biggest thing for me. And also with so many people at home, that book you mentioned, Deep Work, you know, really focusing and what I mentioned, indistractable. Being able to really manage your time is really important because you're at home. I mean, if you thought you had a lot of distractions in the office, I have way more distractions at home and I'm home by myself, like almost 24 seven, and I have more distractions at home. So I've learned that too. I think that the passive income streams and then also really just time management, deep work, being indistractable, those types of things, been the biggest things that I've learned. I love that. And I definitely feel like multiple streams of income. I learned that during the recession, the Great Recession. So, yeah, so I definitely feel that. And I've been completely blessed through this whole time. So I understand where you're coming from. It reiterated that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So where, Christian, can people listening to the show go to find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? So I'm on all social platforms at Christian Sold It. And my website is christiansoldit.com. And you can go and take a look at the flying by. And if you have time, join us in October and just rock out and look at some real estate and have fun. Like No pressure. Do you know, is that tax deductible for the people that are joining? Ooh, I need to find that out. I believe it is. 
I feel like it is. It's a business expense. I'm not a tax attorney. I'm not a CPA. So anybody listening, don't take this to heart. Talk to a, a tax professional. But I just read a tax book recently. And it said, as long as you're planning the real estate or business activities ahead of time for the trip, which this sounds like it's all planned ahead, it's all tax deductible for your business. And so something to keep in mind. Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to check and I'll be sure to put that on my website as well as soon as I confirm. Anybody that's interested in connecting with Christian, I will put her links in the show notes below. Christian, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, guys. That's all I had for this week's episode of Real Estate Investing. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to TIP. Make sure to subscribe to We Study Billionaires by the Investors Podcast Network. Every Wednesday, we teach you about Bitcoin, and every Saturday, we study billionaires and the financial markets. To access our show notes, transcripts, or courses, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.